Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, and I am sorry for the horse kind of throat, I guess. I went to Dave & Buster's on Saturday and Sunday. I got into some of the games there. Okay, I'll admit it. I was having a good time playing. Sorry, I'm putting chapstick on. Having a good time playing some games. Got into it. I was uh, yelling a little bit, screaming a little bit, just getting really excited about each and every game. So kind of hence why my voice is a little bit deteriorated for today's episode. But let's just deal with it. All right. Let's just kind of work with it. But can we talk about the weather for a second outside? It is absolutely gorgeous. It literally feels like it's 85 degrees out in like May. That's what it feels like. It feels like summer in a way. But whatever, whatever. We know it's not. We know this is just a nice little warm day here in New England before no, it gets even colder. But hopefully you had a fantastic weekend nonetheless. I know I did for sure. You know, at the Greater Boston Sports Card Show, Greater Boston Sports Card and Collectors Show. I, I don't know the acronym. Something like that. Something like that. And it was fantastic. Met a lot of good people, made a lot of good deals there. Obviously, come to Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop and check out the new pickups. They will be for sale, obviously. Willing to trade, absolutely. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, oh, it was a long day yesterday. It was an absolutely long day because the Shriners Auditorium, where it was, is like hour six minutes seven minutes traffic depending from where i live and it's like north of boston so it was a hike and a half so it was, it was a long day and it started at nine so obviously i woke up at like seven did this did that so if you were able to go let me know how you thought of the shriners card show drop your comments down in this uh, comment section below here on youtube or reach out to me at Merv's card town on social media but like I said, hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. You were able to in- stay warm. I don't want to say enjoy the warm weather. Enjoy the warm weather today. But hopefully you're able to stay warm because it is cold. And you know me. I absolutely hate it. But nonetheless, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. We have Patriots chatter to talk about. we got to break down the game against the Panthers. That they did win 24-6. to The New England Patriots are over. 500 for the first time this year and deservingly so they played fantastic on I don't want to say on in all facets of the game but definitely defense 
offense had its good moments. I'll dive into it a little bit later. We do have some Red Sox discussions to to hold, and then also there is a Celtics rumor. I'm not going to break down the Celtics game, but there is a Celtics rumor that I want to address that I believe needs to be addressed. But let's talk. Let's talk about the Red Sox first. I feel like that might be the. I don't know. I don't know. The Celtics would probably be the quickest one, but Red Sox is something I want to talk about first because the season just happened. Obviously, the World Series is over, so players, like I mentioned on Friday, are opting in, opting out. Teams are accepting or declining their team options for 2022. And a couple of noteworthy things I want to mention is Christian Vasquez is going to remain with the team. Uh, Vasquez, where is... I just had it, and then it scrolled up. Hold on. There's actually a bunch of moves, and I, I want to talk about Vasquez's move first. But apparently he's not – oh, it's because it, like, refreshed on me. Hold on. Vasquez. All right, well, the team picked up the final year of Christian Vasquez's contract. I believe it's, like, one – no, it's $7 million. It's one more year for $7 million, which – that's not bad. I think we would all take that. I think we would all take that. With what he's able to do behind the plate, how he's able to work a you know pitching staff, right? How he's a pitcher-friendly catcher. The offense will come and go. Obviously, 2018 was his best season. Was it 2018 or was it 2019? Let me double-check. Christian Vasquez. I want to say it was 2019. He hit like the 23 home runs. But he's an age 31 catcher. Let's see. It was it was, oh, it was 2019. I apologize. 2019 was his best year. But he's 31 years old. And we do have Connor Wong in the wings. I don't know what the stance is with Kevin Ploiecki, the other catcher. I would like next year to be moving forward with Christian Vasquez and Connor Wong. I think that would be a good little tandem right there, especially where Connor Wong is more offensive-minded catcher. So, therefore, you can have Vasquez – Teach him, learn on the rope, so he can become more of a pitching staff orientated catcher down the road, or at least have that in Connor Wong's toolbox. So I am glad that the Red Sox brought back Christian Vasquez. I think that was the absolute right choice here. Also, JD Martinez opted in for the final year of his five year contract that he did sign with the Red Sox back in 2018. JD Martinez is not going anywhere. I think that contract's like 19.3, I believe it is. I know a lot of people are actually on the fence about this, and I'm surprised. And because J.D. Martinez seems like he's a fan favorite, but with Kyle Schwarber on the scene now, it seems like people are just kind of pushing Martinez away, and they just want Kyle Schwarber. Why? The memes, maybe? Because he's a left-handed bat? I Maybe because he's more versatile? He can actually play the outfield, and Martinez vastly struggles to play the outfield these days. I'm not sure. But J.D. Martinez had a very good season last year. Obviously, he helped you to get as far as you did. He obviously was a big piece of that 2018 team. Do I like this move by the Reds, uh, or by J.D. Martinez, I should say? I, I did mention that I don't see him opting out because he's not going to get that money anywhere else. So might as well grab the 19.3 this year and just kind of ride out that last year of the contract. Ugh. I, I don't know. I don't think I like this. And I say that with the caveat that the Red Sox re-signed Schwarber. 
If the Red Sox aren't able to re-sign Schwarber, then fine, bring back J.D. Martinez. But say you're able to re-sign Schwarber first, then I wouldn't want J.D. Martinez to come back. So obviously this is a smart move by him in his camp. But for the Red Sox long-term, could you trade him? Yeah, what's his trade value, though? Because Kyle Schwarber can play outfield. He's learning first base. He can DH, obviously. You have Dahlbeck at first, Devers at third, Tristan Cass is coming up in the wings who can play the hot corners. It's going to be tricky to find some time. So, I mean, if you throw Schwarber at DH or you throw him in the outfield and then say Devers at first or Devers DHs, it's it can get complicated. Now, obviously, for one year, is it going to be nice to have J.D. Martinez? Absolutely. And I think for one year, for this one year, I think it'll work. And fortunately for the Red Sox, it's the final year of his contract. So I'm look. I'm trying to look at the future. I'm also trying to look at now. Like I think for now this is a good move because we still don't know what Tristan Cass is going to be. Is he even ready to come up? I don't think so. I don't think he's ready. Obviously not. We will see him though in 2022 at some point, like we saw Jaron Duran. We will see Tristan Cassis, and that honestly excites me because I love Tristan Cassis. But going back to J.D. Martinez and Kyle Schwarber, like, who would you rather have? Well, for me, like I said, uh, I just think the versatility for Schwarber is much more valuable for this team because Alex Cora loves pieces that can play multiple positions, loves the versatility. But obviously with J.D. Martinez opting in, it's going to be hard to kind of move him because he had a good season last year. But it wasn't fantastic, right? Another Red Sox player that will be, well, potentially back for next year is left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, who was set to become a free agent, or technically is a free agent once the World Series is over, and the Red Sox. Now, I mentioned this. I mentioned this. That the Red Sox could offer Eduardo Rodriguez the qualifying offer, which I believe is 18 point something, 18.3, what is it this year? $18.4 million. And Eduardo Rodriguez has 10 days to whether accept or decline an essential one-year $18.4 million contract. Now, for some that may not know, teams have the option to offer their free agents a qualifying offer. Look at it as MLB's franchise tag. You know how the NFL has a franchise tag? Kind of look at it as that, where kind of where the Red Sox offer a player a one-year contract worth a lot of money and but in baseball the player can accept to decline it they have 10 days to accept to decline it if the contract is accepted by the player then that player will come back to the team obviously Eduardo Rodriguez in this case will come back to the Red Sox for 2022 on a one-year 18.4 million dollar contract if he declines, then he will become a free agent, and whichever team signs him, it doesn't matter. The Red Sox will get a compensation draft pick for losing Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, there's no limit to who you can offer the qualifying offer to. There's no minimum. There's no maximum. You can offer it to four players if you want. You could offer it to no players. Obviously, if you offer to four players, you got to be kind of tricky because if all four accept it, well, now you're on the books for $74 million or whatever it may be for 
four players. So it's kind of tricky, and you can't just offer it to anybody. That's why I'm a little surprised that the Red Sox are offering it to Eduardo Rodriguez here. I don't think he's worth $18.4 million, but I also think that it was good because obviously if he leaves, you'll get a draft pick, and it seems like the Red Sox are just going to continue to plan for the future, love their draft picks, and kind of keep planning for the future. But on the other hand, though, Eduardo Rodriguez could accept this, and now he's back next year for $18.4 million. Is he worth $18.4 million? Whether it's a one-year deal, whether it's like, you know, a four-year deal where it's like 18 per. After last season, no. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. I like the move. Bring him back. Well, potentially. I mean, obviously he's not guaranteed to come back, but potentially bring him back. Hmm. This is this is a tricky one. This really is. I mean, I love Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't want him to leave. I want him to stay with the Sox. But is a team what what is his market value going to look like? Like what would you feel comfortable paying him per year? 15? I don't I'm try, I'm just trying to think. Like I think 15 might be too low in today's standard, standards to be honest. I know some team, there will be one team that will have the ability to overpay and could overpay, and therefore his market will balloon to like 24, right? Something stupid like that. It happens in all sports. It happens in basketball, big time. It happens in football, big time. Baseball, yeah. Hockey? I don't think, I don't think it happens as often in hockey because they have a strict salary cap that you cannot go over. I'm trying. I'm just trying to think in my head what his value would be. I mean, I actually would be comfortable with him on like a Nathan Eovaldi contract, where it's like 17 million for four years, which is 17 times four is 68. So call it seven. Call it 70 million for four years. I would be okay with that. So I guess that is around the 18.4 million. So yeah. But would I want to give him that? Because Eduardo Rodriguez is 30 himself, I believe, 30 or 31 himself. So I don't know if I would want to give him that kind of long-term contract. Then again, it's not a lot of money. He seems to be a fan favorite. I'm okay with this move, but I will be surprised. I will be surprised if a team offers him more than 20. I will be. Well, 20 per year. 20 per year. So those are kind of few moves. Oh, I guess a couple other ones. The Red Sox declined team options for Martin Perez and Garrett Richards was obviously no-brainers. They become free agents immediately. I like the move so far the Red Sox are doing. I am very interested to see what they will do moving forward, obviously, with this or these dominoes kind of falling, right? You know, Martinez opting in, Vasquez, you know, getting his team option picked up, Rodriguez with the qualifying offer. It will be interesting. It will be interesting to see how the dominoes fall over the next few days week and we have to keep in the back of our mind obviously the mlb league and the mlbpa collective bargaining agreement has expired so they need to come up with something otherwise there'll be a work stoppage which is a very very much a possibility but that is something we can pencil in for another day we do have patriot stuff to talk about that i do want to talk about and like I mentioned, the Patriots did beat the Carolina Panthers 24-6. to And it was a good day for the defense, let me tell you. That was one of my keys 
on Friday that I wanted to see the defense step up, continue to play some good football, and just have the momentum from last week roll over into this week against a more competent team than the Jets because it's hard for me to take stock in the Jets. Chargers, great win where the defense was able to step up. Continue that, and this is three weeks in a row where the Patriots defense has played some really good football after getting absolutely torched and obliterated by the Cowboys a few weeks ago. Mac Jones, 12 for 18, 139 yards, one touchdown and an interception. Very lackluster performance by him, but I will admit the run game had a fantastic outing. Ramondre Stevenson, 10 carries, 62 yards. Bolden, 8 carries, 54 yards. Damian Harris, 15 carries, 30 yards and a touchdown. Listen, I don't care how the Patriots do it, whether it's with the run game, with the passing game, whether they win on defense or special teams. Just win the game, which is also another key of mine. But I did want to see Mac Jones kind of take that. I did want to see him have a rebound game where he throws for you know 275, couple touchdowns, no interceptions. I did want to see that, and we did not see that. So I'm a little upset about that. But listen, like I said, as long as we win the game, because obviously being down, what were we, 2-4 and four at one point, you need to win all the games that you can win. And obviously we were able to do that here, and I'm glad we were able to do that because moving forward, we are now 5-4, and four, and we are in the thick, the thick of the AFC wildcard picture. So obviously the Bears and the Steelers still have to play tonight, and that game could have huge implications on the AFC wildcard as we'd have to see what the Steelers are able to do, because if they win, they will be locked and loaded in the sixth seed where they currently reside. If they lose, they are out. The Browns are in. The Browns would go to the seven, and you would move to the six. as currently, currently, excuse me, the Patriots are the seventh seed in the American Football Conference. So give it up. Round of applause. Woo! You made it. You made it. After weeks of failure, weeks of struggling, battling, fighting, you have become 5-4. and four, And you are currently the seventh seed in the AFC wildcard picture. Or the AFC pay- playoff picture, that third and final wildcard team. Which, at the beginning of the season, is kind of where I had the Patriots. I had them in the wildcard, I, if I remember correctly, like 6 or 7 to be honest. But I, I'm happy. I'm happy right now. Like I mentioned, win two of the next three games. They were able to win all three. And I really feel good about this team moving forward. Cleveland Browns are next week, which I'll talk about their upcoming schedule in a moment. But you don't know what the Browns are going to give you. You don't know what the Falcons are going to give you. So being able to get to 5-4 and four right now, you have to feel good about it. You absolutely have to feel good about it. Like, I mean, the Patriots sucked at the beginning of the season, yes. And they've turned it around. They're, I don't want to say winning games convincingly, but they blew out the Jets. They battled hard against the Chargers. And they convincingly won against the Panthers. I think this is all great stuff. I think the team is playing very well. I still think the Patriots probably should have added at the trade deadline. I think they should have. But listen, it didn't happen. We can't you know, talk about it. We can't say like, oh, they should have traded for Von Miller. Or they, oh, they should have traded for... You know, Devontae Parker or whatever. Didn't happen. So you have the team that you have and you're moving forward with the guys you have in your locker room. Now, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent after getting released from the Browns. And I still think that the Patriots should bring him in. 
I think that'd be a great fit. I know a lot of people don't like that because Odell's not the receiver that Mac Jones needs. But I look at it this way. Maybe Od- maybe Mac is the receiver that Odell needs. Odell may not be the receiver Mac needs, but at least Mac could be the quarterback that Odell needs. And I think having someone so talented, a lot of skills, a lot of potential still. I know he's 29 years old, so he's getting close to 30, but he wants to prove himself. He wants to go out and ball to be like, hey, I'm not a plague. I'm not a problem. I can still be a top five wide receiver in this league because I have the talent to be a top five wide receiver. Now, obviously, if he actually is, is a conversation for another day. I mean, if you asked me four years ago, I'd probably say yes, five years ago even. But I think the New England Patriots should honestly take a look at Odell Beckham because, let's see, what is there any any news, any updates on OBJ? Um, not seeing anything about waivers, any like, teams picking him up, anything like that. So he might pass through waivers because no one wants to pick up that contract, which makes a little bit of sense in all honesty. But I just, you know, okay, so say he passes through waivers, right? No one picks him up, and now he can be a free agent. Why wouldn't you give him a call? Why wouldn't you try and bring him in? Because you have – oh, I was just on the game too. I shouldn't have clicked off of it. You have Aguilar. You have Bourne. You have Henry, Smith, Jacoby Myers. But your passing game is super lackluster. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, three receptions for 34 yards. Ramondre Steven, two receptions for 44 yards. Those are your leading receivers right there. Bolden had two for 27. Henry had two for 19 and a touchdown. Myers, one for eight. Smith, one for four. Damien Harris, one for three. That's it. That's it. Mack was 12 for 18 with 30, 139 yards. So you currently are kind of one-dimensional. You have a get by passing game a high risk high reward running game i just think bringing in odell will just give you a different facet to your game and a different you know a different look to your offense specifically your passing offense in all honesty and i really think if you want to be legitimate and want to be a playoff contender bringing in someone like odell would significantly help now i'm not going to say you're going to win a super bowl with him but at least Odell Beckham will be able to draw the other team's number one cor- uh, yeah, corner. Meanwhile, Jacoby, Aguilar, Bourne can get you know two, three, four, whatever it may be. And then they can go out and do their own thing. Because right now, who's your number one? Jacoby Myers? You know, is, is he getting your Stephon Gilmore's, your Jalen Ramsey matchups? Yuck. Like, you don't want that. Give that to Odell. Give that to OBJ. Like I said. Patriots and Belichick still have something to prove. Belichick wants to win without Brady since he obviously, well, Brady already won. We already know that story. We already know my stance on that. And I'm I'm telling you, Bill wants to win without Tom Brady. And I think Odell would at least increase those chances. Like I said, I'm not going to say it will help. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'm not saying that it will happen. At least your chances go up a little bit. I mean, you'll be competitive for the rest of the season. Might be able to make some noise in the playoffs. Because OBJ still has the skills, the talent. I still think the potential is there. And the work ethic from his point of view will be there. 
because he wants to ball out for that next contract that obviously the Patriots will not give him after this year if they bring him in. So let's take a look ahead at the Patriots schedule. Let's just take a look at the rest of November, right? We got the Browns coming to Foxborough for Sunday game, 1 o'clock. Patriots go to Atlanta for a Thursday night matchup against the Falcons. And then they'll have 10 days off where the Titans come into town on November 28th. You got some big games coming up. You do. Now, Browns matchup is going to be a good one. Baker's back. OBJ is gone. That game is going to be crucial and important for both you and the Browns at the same time. If you can pull this one out, I think you'll be cooking. I do. I do. Now, at the beginning of the season, I said week 10, this Browns matchup was kind of the point where the schedule can get a little frisky, a little risky, right? I think I projected the Patriots to be like 7-2 and two at this point, you know, beginning of the season, where it was supposed to be Dolphins were supposed to be a win, the Jets were supposed to be a win, the Saints, the Bucks was a loss, Texans was a win. I had the Cowboys as a win as well. Jets, Chargers, Panthers. So I'm not entirely, totally off, right? Pats could have won that Dolphins game. I still think the Pats could have won that Saints game if it wasn't for a couple turnovers. Patriots almost won the Buccaneers game. And the Patriots almost slash could have, should have won that Cowboys game. So I'm not entirely off. I'm not entirely off. But yeah, so we got these three games coming up to wrap up November. I'm going to say win two of three. I, I mean, Falcons are in a tricky spot with Calvin Ridley. They just played a great game against the New Orleans Saints, beating them. And then the Titans seem to be absolutely on fire. That's towards the end of the month. So we don't have to worry about that right yet. But even without Derrick Henry, they were able to win in a statement-like fashion over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football primetime. Absolutely stunning how the Titans were able to rally against one of, if not the best teams in the NFL, being the Rams. But the Titans said, hold my beer. Hold my country. Let's go get this dub. And they did. And they did. So I could see the Patriots losing that game. But with it at home, do I give them an edge? I give them an edge, but I'd probably still pick the Titans to win that game if I'm being honest. So the Browns, Falcons, should, could be wins. Titans could. I don't know if it will. But I'm saying, I don't care what the formula is. Just win two of three. Win two of three of them. Therefore, going into December against that first matchup against the Bills, you will be, what, 7-5? and five? I like that. I like that. I mean, you'll be on pace for, you know, 10, 11 wins. I like that. You like that? You like that? So let's just take a quick gander across the NFL and just kind of reflect on games because there was a lot of upsets this week. Let me tell you, there was a ton of upsets. Obviously, we already know about the Colts to be defeating the Jets 45-30. to Giants beat the Raiders 23-16. to I am so upset because now I have a strike and survival league football. Oh, my God. I know the whole John Gruden, the Henry Ruggs thing wasn't a good pick for the Raiders. But the Raiders did rally around and won that first game after Gruden got fired. So I was thinking that everything going on with Henry Ruggs, they would kind of rally around that situation for their locker rooms sake and win against a lackluster Giants team I already mentioned the Falcons upset the Saints 27-25 what a big win for the Falcons what a tough loss for the Saints but Trevor Simeon looked good though so he might be a viable quarterback for the Saints moving forward but we shall see Jaguars defeated the Bills 9-6 
felt like I was watching a football game. If I'm, if I'm being completely honest, nine to six. I don't know what's worse, the score or the fact the Bills only scored six points against the Jags. Couldn't tell you what is worse. Browns defeated the Bengals forty-one to sixteen. Stunning, crushing win. I thought the Bengals would rally and kind of rebound themselves after a tough loss last week, but nope. Brown said, hey, we don't need OBJ. We'll take on one of the promising teams in the AFC and absolutely destroy the Bengals. Like I said, Bengals are a good, fun team. They're out of the playoff picture right now. I think they're a year too early. They need that defense to come around. Patriots defeated the Panthers 24-6, which we already mentioned. Broncos defeated the Cowboys in Dallas 30-16. to What? Yeah. Ravens came back from 14 behind in the second half to win 34-31 in overtime over the Minnesota Vikings in Baltimore. Dolphins defeated the Texans 17-9. I'm upset because I originally had the Dolphins winning in survival. But since Tyrod Taylor was starting, Tyrod Taylor and the Texans won week one. So I figured that they would kind of play better and beat another crappy team in the Miami Dolphins. But nope, Dolphins win. I'm upset. Chargers beat the Eagles 27-24. Good rebound win for the Chargers after losing the week prior to the Patriots. Good to rebound like that and still have hopes in the AFC West as being a you know, division winner, right? Where's the next one? Chiefs defeated the Packers 13-7 in a very ugly game. Very ugly game for the Packers. Jordan Love got the start, his first career start. And that's Chiefs defense. I don't think they played well. I just don't think that the Packers' offense played good. I mean, Jordan Love was missing some throws. The offensive line was kind of collapsing. Could you give that you know, that point to the Chiefs' defense? Sure, but long-term, I don't think the Chiefs are that good. They only scored 13 points against the Packers. If that game was in Lambeau, would it have been different? Probably not. Obviously, we all wanted to have seen Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes in their first-ever matchup, but we did not get to see that. Oh, but the Chiefs, I'm telling you, even though the Chiefs won, they're not looking good. They are not looking good at all. Cardinals defeated the 49ers 31-17 in George Kittle's return. Titans defeated the Rams 28-16. That's a 12-point game, but it was not, it did not feel like a 12-point game at all. It was 28 to like 8 at one point, 7 at one point, I don't even know. Bears are playing the Steelers tonight, Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh in the Steel Shitty. I don't know why I did that. So we'll be able to reflect on that game on Friday's episode of Murph's of Boston Sports Talk. So there is your rundown across the NFL. Week 10 coming up. I guess I'll give a quick outlook to the Thursday night game, Ravens-Dolphins. Uh, Ravens, okay. So let's talk about this little Celtics nugget that I have to talk about. And you guys aren't going to like this because I don't like it. Not saying that there's a correlation there, but I'm saying I don't like it, nor do I think you will like it. So there's some Celtics rumors swirling, spinning around, involving a trade. Obviously, that happens all the freaking time. Celtics and players are always, you know, rumored to be in this trade or that trade. And Jalen Brown's been been in a ton of trade rumors. Probably ever since he got to Boston, ever since they drafted him in 2016. Oh, I hate this. I Oh, I hate this. There's a rumor that the Celtics could trade Jalen Brown to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons. Oh, I hate that. 
so much. I hate that. So freaking much. No, I don't want Ben Simmons on my basketball team. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Jalen Brown is a really good shooter. He has turned into a fantastic shooter compared to what he was when he got drafted. I don't want Ben Simmons. He can't shoot. He sucks. You guys know how I feel about him. He's a great passer. Yes. He's a great defender. Yes. I don't want to give up my second best or some often nights my best scorer, someone that can shoot the ball very well beyond the arc, who has a really good mid-range game in a dying breed, you know, facet of one's tool set, right? Mid-range jumpers kind of going away, but he can do that. Someone that can play really good defense in his own right, Jalen Brown. Someone who's versatile in terms of defense. He can guard guards. He can guard some big guys. Grab some rebounds. For Ben Simmons, yes, the Celtics need a ball handler. Someone that can pass the ball. Yes, the Celtics could always use more defense. Sure, no team can have not enough defense. I do not want to make this trade. Will I Will I consider a trade for Ben Simmons that doesn't involve Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Let's throw him in the middle. Sure, yeah. I mean, if I can get Ben Simmons for a, I don't freaking know, Al Horford, pff, not that they would want him back, but like something like really stupid in a trade where it's like, all right, screw it. Let's just get rid of him. I'm, we're done. We're done. We'll we'll take your two second round draft picks. That that's the best offer we got in the league. We'll take the damn two draft picks, the two second round draft picks. Yeah, I'll do that, hundred percent. And I think this team would get a lot better. But you need Ben Simmons to buy in. He is completely checked out in Philadelphia. He's not showing up to games. He's not motivated. He's not playing. He's not practicing. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. He would be a good fit for this team. I think so. I think so. Is he a bona fide shooter? No, obviously not. We know that. But he's a good ball handler. He's a great passer, which are things you you need. He's a ball-first kind of guy. He is a fantastic defender, which I've already mentioned. So he brings a lot of great things to the table. He would run the point. He's tall. He can guard multiple positions himself. And I think he'd be a great fit for the Celtics if he was to buy in, giving his skill set. But I am not trading Jalen Brown, someone that you've homegrown, developed over the past five years, for this guy. No. No, no, no. I, I won't do it. I will not enlighten it. I will not indulge in it. If I can give up, say, Grant Williams and Tremont Waters in a second-round draft pick, I'll do it. Sure. And then with the open roster spot, you can go out and get yourself a shooter. And you'll be good to go. I'm not trading my star, my budding superstar, my all-star. Someone who can actually shoot for Ben Simmons. Nope. I, I hope this doesn't happen. I, this, I do not see Brad Stevens doing this for Ben Simmons. I don't. Could I see him moving Jalen Brown if he truly thinks that Brown and Tatum's not a good m- mashup? Could I see him moving Brown? Sure. 
But you have to get an absolute haul in return. You have to be stingy about your stance on what you value, Jalen Brown. Teams want so many first-round draft picks for stars and superstars. So you hold teams accountable. Hey, if you want Jalen Brown, you're going to give us all of that. Or this one superstar. Like, would I trade Jalen Brown for Carl Anthony Towns? I would strongly consider that. I mean, I feel like you'll be getting a lot worse, you know, the uh, the front, the backcourt. But you'll be getting fantastically better at the frontcourt. Wait, what? Backcourts are guards, frontcourts are forwards. Okay, yeah. But obviously that's not on the table right now. Ben Simmons, no thank you. If the Celtics want to shake things up with their basketball team, like I said, I will endeavor and indulge in a potential Ben Simmons trade. Although I don't think it's the right call. I don't think it's the right call. I want to see the Celtics add, not replace. Don't replace Jalen Brown with somebody else. Add to what your team. Add to what you have in your team now. Bring in someone else. Bring in a John Wall type player. Go make that move. I know I talked about this on Friday. John Wall, obviously money has to work. Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Smart or Schroeder, something like that. I don't know. The money could work. Do that. Have Wall, Brown, Tatum. That's a good little three right there. And you got Rob Williams as well. I could indulge in that. I could indulge in that. But not Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Next. So I didn't really think that this was going to be a topic of discussion, but I do want to circle back to the Patriots and their game against the Panthers. Things are popping up on my phone, and I didn't plan to talk about it here in the close of today's episode, but I will do it anyways. And that's the play where Mac Jones fumbled, where Brian Burns forced the fumble. And Mac Jones is grabbing Burns' ankle, twisting and pulling him and, and whatnot. In full speed, live, I didn't see anything. Obviously, I'm, I'm watching the football and such. I see Burns go for the ball. It just kind of looks like he trips and falls in real in real time, right? You look at it slower from other angles. You can kind of see a little bit of ill intent, per se. A lot of people are saying that Mac Jones needs to be fined. He needs to be suspended. What was the guy for the... Um, the Panthers, the linebacker, saying that, you know, there's no room for players like that in this league that he needs to be, you know, kicked out. It's like, calm down. Dude, calm calm down, okay? So I've looked at the play, real speed, slow motion. If anyone hasn't seen it, go look it up so you know what I'm talking about. Just type in Mac Jones, Brian Burns. Probably be the first thing that pops up. And here's an article from Yahoo Sports. Now, I'm not a big fan of Yahoo Sports. I'll refer to them from time to time. But I'm generally not a big fan of them because it's just kind of geezers that write articles. And this geezer wrote an article where it says, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones won't be suspended, but replay angles of his, quote, dirty play look bad. Now, I'm not going to name this guy. I'm sure he's a great writer for what he does. However, I do think he is completely wrong. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I do want to say, this is the first sentence. Mac Jones was trying to hurt an opponent. I don't think so. I, I I don't think he was trying to hurt Brian Burns intentionally. Like I do, I generally do not think he was deliberately trying to hurt him. He he fumbled the ball, 
He got hit. He fumbled the ball. And to be honest, when you make a mistake like that, especially when you have, have had some turnover issues so far this year, you're probably just so freaking pissed off that you're trying to do in the moment, in the heat of the moment, you're trying to do anything you possibly can to stop that player from recovering the football. Now, I don't know if Mac Jones saw where the football went after he got sacked. I don't know if he thought Brian Burns was close to the ball to get the ball. I know Bill Belichick said that he believes Mac Jones thought that Burns had the ball, so Mac Jones was just trying to tackle Brian Burns. That could be that could be possible. Mac Jones got the shit lit up out of him on that blindside sack, on that blindside um, strip sack, right? Do I really think he was trying to hurt him? No. I think he was just frustrated. He fumbled the ball. He didn't want Burns to get it. So he tried to stop him from running. Now, obviously, he's holding the ankle, and then he kind of like rolls and kind of like throws him down a little bit. Burns ends up getting injured. It does not look good. It does look like Mac Jones, I don't want to say it looks like he was trying to hurt him. It just looks like there was a lot of frustration out there. And it does not look good. But I honestly do not think he was deliberately trying to hurt him. The article would go on to say, Any player who intentionally tries to hurt an opponent, especially with something not in the flow of the game, should be punished harshly by the NFL. Except he won't be, according to a report. Well, what report? What report? And why should he be punished harshly? You're saying he's intentionally trying to hurt an opponent. How do you know that? How do you know that? You go on to say, the play looks as dirty as anything Ndamukong Sue ever did to get suspended by the NFL. Do we not remember that Ndamukong Sue literally stepped, well, I think it was Aaron Rodgers, stepped on Aaron Rodgers' like forearm or something like that with his cleat? Like, ugh. I forget the exact play because it was a few years ago. He was with the Dolphins, I believe, at the time. The Dominican Sioux. No, I think he was with the Lions at the time because obviously the uh, NFC North, where Dominican Sioux, I think, sacks um, Aaron Rodgers. He gets up, celebrates, and like looks at his arm. He sees his arm is like right next to his foot, lifts his leg up, and steps on his arm. That's pretty bad to deliberately. You are standing up, Aaron Rodgers, or the, the quarterback is on the ground, you see him, his arm, so you pick up your leg and you step on his arm. That sounds a lot worse than what Mac Jones did. Ndamukong Sue is a big guy. He can hurt a lot of people. Okay? Mac Jones is not a big guy. He's not going to go out there and hurt a lot of people. I honestly think that Mac Jones was not trying to intentionally hurt Brian Burns. Was it was grabbing his ankle in the flow of the game? Maybe, maybe not. But when you just got obliterated and lost the ball, potentially have no idea where that ball is, but you see a player there getting up to go after said ball, I honestly think you're going to try to stop him. And tackling someone by the ankle, by the foot, the ankle, the lower leg, is legal. You can do that. Now, obviously, when 
Mac Jones kind of rolls over. That doesn't look good. I think Mac Jones's momentum was taking him to the left side where he was rolling over, and I just think he was all frustrated. I just, this guy is literally on crack. I don't want to say his name. He just writes for Yahoo Sports. If you just type in the article's name, you'll find it. But my God. Oh, my God. As Phil Orban of WSOC-TV points out, the NFL film's angle makes it hard to make any case to defend Jones. This is not a football play. <clears throat> I don't think it is a football play. He's not deliberately making a football play, but he's also deliberately not trying to hurt uh, Brian Burns. In the heat of the moment, he didn't know where the ball was. He sees a player going after said ball, so he's trying to stop him from going to that ball. That's just how I see it. That's how I see it. Burns was hurt on the play. Panthers edge defender Hassan Reddick called it completely dirty, and he's right. That's what the guy says. Patriots coach Bill Belichick said Monday to the Greg Hill Morning Show that, quote, I think he thought Burns had the ball, end quote, is a dubious excuse as Panthers coach Matt Rule seemed to believe. Well, I didn't see what Matt Rule had to say. Um... Matt Rule said that Brian Burns suffered an ankle sprain. Not sure about the severity. Waiting on MRI. On the plane, Matt Rule, quote, I have no idea what was in Mac Jones's brain. Yeah, I can't say much. I'm just listening to it. Okay, I'm not going to listen to the whole thing. It's like a whole minute long. I don't want to listen to it. The NFL goes out of its way to protect quarterbacks. There was a roughing the passer penalty Sunday night on Rams defensive tackle. Uh, it's actually an end. Defensive end, technically. Aaron Donald, when he pushed Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill at the end of the play, but reminded us how the NFL will call ridiculous plans to make sure no one touches the quarterback. This time, a quarterback who lost a fumble on a sack grabs an ankle and end up twisting it at the end. That's worse. That's just pushing a quarterback during a play. Letting a quarterback get away with a slap on the wrist would be hypocritical. Excuse me, hypocritical. Like I said, I don't think it was intentional. It was more heat of the moment. Was Mac Jones right? I'm not saying he's right. He's not right. I don't think he should have grabbed, twisted, rolled, and all that good stuff. I just think, listen, you see Brian Burns, you see Mac Jones. Who's bigger? Brian Burns. Who's stronger? Brian Burns. Who's quicker? Brian Burns. So you're going to try to do almost anything you can to stop this guy from going to the fumble, to the ball, that you don't know where you fumbled it to. I don't know what Mac Jones has said. I haven't seen anything surface about what Mac Jones has said about this. And I do want to hear what he has to say about it. But I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was trying to hurt him. And this guy writing it is completely biased. I don't know who he is or where he's from or whatever. Um, he lives outside of Denver with his family. I don't know, that's what his bio says. I don't know, he looks like a geezer. His head looks like a cone. If you guys ever look up this article, you'll you'll see what I'm saying. His head looks like a cone. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie, but that's how that's everything I, I want to talk about this. I do want to see what the NFL's fine will be about it. I'm not saying Mac Jones is innocent. I'm not saying he's guilty. I think it's a heat of the moment play. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. I don't think it was intentional. But people are just blowing this thing up and making it seem like Mac Jones is out there trying to, you know, chop block people, take people's you know. ACLs right out. No, stop it. But that's going to be it for this episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. We discussed a ton of stuff in today's episode. Red Sox, Patriots, the NFL, of course, Celtics basketball, 
rumors with the 76ers and Ben Simmons. But let me know your thoughts because you know my thoughts. So let me know your thoughts down in the comment section below on YouTube or reach out to me at Murph's Car Town on social media. I want to hear your thoughts and opinions about it. So reach out to me or leave a comment down in the comment section below and let's have a conversation, a discussion, a debate, an argument, a yelling match, or a simple gentleman's chat, whatever works best for you. But like I said, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 103. I got to get used to that. 103 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really appreciate every single one of you downloading, listening, and enjoying on all podcast streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, um, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Alexa, anywhere you can find your favorite podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk, and also here on YouTube if that's where you're listening it. And while you're on YouTube, please make sure you like this video if you did enjoy today's episode. Comment down in the comment section below like I've already asked, and please consider subscribing to the channel if you are new or have not considered subscribing yet. That is going to do it for everything that I have to talk about in today's episode. I hope you have a fantastic week. Enjoy this week. It's looking decent. I, I mean, what's decent, right? What's decent these days? 64, 67, 63, 56, 64, and rainy on Friday. So looks like it might be like the last nice week that we're going to have all year, mid to mid 60s. So definitely get outside and enjoy and try to, you know, have some fun. But like I said, that's going to do it. I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always, always.